Did you guys? I, I always has it. No, I'm gonna just start that again. So I got to thinking the other day, guys, about uh, Marie Kondo. For some reason, came to mind. Uh, popular, what five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, blast from the past. Her, yeah, her book was uh, was it called Spark Joy or what? I don't even remember what the name of the actual title was. Mm, I can't remember. But many people are familiar, I think, with her. She's uh, Japanese. And um, she wrote a book called uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which uh, was her approach to to uh, decluttering and, and living her life. And I got to thinking about one thing she says in the book that, that sparked something in me is uh, that as you're thinking about, you know, as you're decluttering, as you're cleaning up. Wait, 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 wait. Clark, did you read the book? Yeah. Oh, oh you uh, read the book. not all of it. Not all of it. <laughs> like recently? Is that is that why it like is coming up or is no. it in the past? Uh it just well, it was the the item that triggered me to think oh, about the book. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, yeah. I cut you so, off. Carry on. No, that's okay. So in the book she talks about as you're decluttering, as you're getting rid of stuff, to look at that item of whatever it is, let's mm-hmm. say it's uh an old sweater. You you pick it up and you, you yeah. hold it up in front of yourself and you yeah. ask, does this spark joy? Should I? And if it does, if it brings back some special feeling or or brings up a special feeling for you, you just it looks good on you. It's got sentimental value and it's truly something that makes you feel happy. Then keep it. And if you pick up something else that doesn't have that effect, you throw it out or give it away. You were going to say something, uh, Justin? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm grateful that both of your children still spark joy and they're, you didn't throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think they say anything living doesn't count. Oh, okay. but, uh, <laughs> so I, I just, the reason this came up was because my, I recently bought an espresso machine, which isn't what sparked the joy necessarily, although I, I like it. it. It was something I had been talking about buying for many years and uh, it's, it's so it's a it's a, a Nespresso machine and it makes Nespresso's or double Nespresso. It makes espressos. It's not one of the ones that makes coffee as well. It just makes Nespresso makes X S S espresso. And my <laughs> my thinking was I need to get some espresso cups because I don't want to just have an espresso in a like a a coffee Mug. cup or something. Yeah. It's not the same, right? It's got to be in a little cup or a little, like a proper cup. So I went on Amazon. I was poking around to see if I could just get a little set of six. Nothing too expensive. But uh, I just wasn't really seeing anything I liked. I didn't want a logo on it, like Illy or anything. I wanted it to just be a really elegant cup. And I was just in our, yes, we have a, I'll call it a china cabinet with um, Fancy. dishes and things like that, mostly just regular dishes, nothing super special. But I did stumble across, and I only brought one of them with me, but these, I got them showing you guys, the audience can't see it, but I don't even know if there's a name of these. Norway, they're made in Norway, funny enough, and because that's because my wife, this is something that's been in her family, uh, a set of these four uh, espresso cups. And they're this beautiful, I don't know if the color gets picked up, so well here but they're all in this kind of pastel sort of color like this is like a a, a grayish a little bit of a grayish color like and a light pastel gray 
Yeah, pastel gray, and the other one's a pastel pink. And it's and gold on the inside, yellow. isn't it? And the inside wow. has the gold, that gold, uh, I don't know, what do you call that? It's like glossy gold. There's a name for this, I bet. Antiquers would probably be able to say, oh, that's a, that's a gold wash. I bet, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, and there's trim around the, the, the saucer, which I'm showing you the cup and the saucer here that has a little gold. So I, I guys, I just got to say, when I, when I pour, when I push the, the, the button on the Nespresso machine and watch the coffee go in or the, the espresso go in, it, it, and then when I pick the, the saucer up and I drink from it, it's sparks joy. Feels it sparks nice. Sparks joy. It does. Um, so, so you ended up not buying from Amazon because nothing sort of fit the bill. And then you got this from your, um, from your wife's family? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if you caught it because we had a little audio trouble there, but the, it's, they're made in Norway. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 They've apparently been in the family for a while. And, um, yeah, I just, really I didn't cool. buy no. the ones on Amazon. I just, there was no connection really. It was just coincidence you, that when I went to look for a cup, I saw these little cups in the back corner of the China cabinet. Do you, do you feel any pressure? Like, do you feel nervous drinking from those since they've been in the family for so long? Yes. And I hesitate to get a full history of, of them. Like, I, um, I almost don't want to know, like, that this was um, like Annetta's um, grandmother's, like, set or something that it's they're 100, 100 years old or something like that. I, I almost don't want to know all the details. I almost <laughs> want it to be, like, just the fact that it looks old and it's, it says made in Norway, that maybe that's just... Oh, maybe Annetta's mom bought these in the in the late '80s or something, and mm. and they're brand new, and they just were made to look special. Mm. Yeah, mm. they do look really nice, though. Um, they they weren't made to yeah. just sit in the cabinet, so I'm glad you're that's, using I, them. That's a good point, and it's an it's uh, something I think we do see, right? People sh- saving stuff and never bringing it out. Oh, I'll bring that out for a special occasion, and then 30 years later, they yeah out. That, that that's the kind of stuff that's often in 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 the China cabinet. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. That's what about you guys? There. Do you have yeah. a, a a something that uh, when you look at it that sparks joy for you? A possession, Just, big or small. Uh, I have a road bike that's on a stand up bicycle stand here in my office space. Uh, it definitely sparks joy. Partly, and I kind of hesitate to share this because of data scraping and insurers using information against you. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'll put a sound wave over. It I, I had a just distort it. I had a cycling accident a few years back where a taxi driver ran me off the road, and and it caused a, a significant disruption in my physical activity for a while. And. Um, and I hesitated from from riding on the street again for a while because of that. Definitely, it definitely messed me up a bit. And uh, a friend of mine was getting rid of a bike because um, he had been through a motorcycle accident uh, himself, and he was selling this beautiful carbon fiber bicycle from Pinarello uh, for basically pennies on the dollar. And I said, "Yeah, I take it." I felt tremendously guilty from taking it off his hands but 
it, every time I look at it, it definitely sparks some joy because I know I'm going to enjoy getting out on the road and opening up on it. And I do uh, quite frequently. And very recently, I, I went on a 50 kilometer uh, little bike run along the river with my sons uh, about two weekends ago. So it's uh, it's been fantastic. Nice. And uh, every time I look at it, I, I know how much I'm going to continue enjoying it. Very nice. Slight tangent. Well, something that. Oh, sorry. So, well, and something that sparks joy, then there clearly it, it it makes you probably want to use it, then right? If it sparks that joy. Oh yeah, I mean it, it helped me get over that uh, fear or that hurdle that I had about being on the road again, um, but also it gave me the itch to to explore um, broader, uh, greater Tokyo and beyond. That I've I've ridden it out towards uh, Fujisan and uh, a few other areas already, and. Um, I'll continue using it and uh, training on it as well because that's been part of my kind of getting in shape journey. And Fujisan will be uh, Mount Fuji to yes. those listening. Very cool. You were going to take us in a tangent, Salim? Slightly, slightly. Uh, I didn't know about Justin's. What is it you have that makes you absolutely rage with anger that's in your home? <laughs> rage with anger. <laughs> that would be funny. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway um, Justin was mentioning that <laughs> he got um, run off the road uh, on a bike by a cab, right? Is that what yeah. happened to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In I, Japan I, or in back in the U.S. or? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It was in Japan. Yeah. So so the the fear was kind of double fold because um, I actually recently switched my pedals out to. Um, clip in pedals. Um, and, and that was a bigger hurdle for me because that's originally how I got hurt was, uh, the taxi driver ran me off the road. And on top of the fact that he ran me off the road, I couldn't get my feet out in time to stabilize myself. So I took the brunt of the fall, um, on my oh, yeah. side and back. So anyhow, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, Salim, I sorry. I just, yeah. Is your image there, Justin? I'm just imagining the last thing you remember before it went dark was white gloves covering over your face. <laughs> <laughs> to 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 stifle my screams and 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 end it all so I wouldn't complain. Exactly. Maybe maybe yes. <laughs> maybe. Well, but you get my he, reference. Yeah, he he didn't stop. He just kept going. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. Yeah, because because here in J- or there in Japan, yeah, most the taxi drivers wear white gloves. Those beautiful yeah. white gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not everybody might know that who's listening, but uh, yes. Yeah. Um. So the reason why that caught my attention was because uh, eleven years ago I got um. Uh, sort of, I got T-boned by a cab uh, oh. as I was um, uh, crossing the the road. Oh um, gosh! Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, T-bone. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's that's a pretty that's right head on then, right? Like they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From the side, yeah, right, right from the side. I was, I was, I was um, crossing the road. I was going sort of across. Um, I had sort of right of way green, green light. Um, cab driver also had. Uh, right of way, but he was obviously turning. So he should have uh, made sure there were no pedestrians or, or cyclists um, crossing. He didn't bother to do so. And I just like, I flew, like, um, wow. like flew off the bike, uh, like flew like three, four meters away, wow. just one meter away from the, from the guardrail. Um, so if I'd sort of gone into the guardrail the wrong way, I could have died. Uh, but um, I didn't die. I'm still here. Uh, luckily and thankfully wow and um what was interesting was and i was actually i was actually fine like uh, i mean it's had a few cuts and cuts and bruises here and there nothing uh nothing super serious but what was really interesting was that um 
the uh, the insurance company, the insurer for um, for for the for the cab um, was the uh, insurer that I ended up working at. Um, wow! Just one year later, actually, um, almost when we were close to kind of settling uh, settling my claim, and um, <laughs> yeah, did they know about it? It wasn't. Did it come up in the interview? Like they screened uh, your name and said, "Oh, you're actually a former client of ours." Uh, it didn't come up from their side, but I did mention it. I, I did mention it during one of my interviews. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I actually got ran over by a sort of rammed, <laughs> rammed by, by a cab that was insured by your company. And um, I I got some money from you guys. So cool. insurance, insurance works. <laughs> so, suffice to say, they didn't stiff your claim, right? <laughs> no, they didn't. They actually got me, um, no, they, 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 paid, they paid for, uh, they very kindly paid for a, a bike that was, um, I want to say, slightly better than the one I originally had. Um, sort of for, they uh, made you uh, better than your original. What's the, the supposed uh, to restore you to the same degree to, before to, the to, loss? To, to, yeah, to the same degree, but before the loss. So I, maybe I, I could say I got a little bit of betterment out of it. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, it was interesting, and it was actually that was actually right before, like literally a week before the career forum that I went to to find the job at the insurance company. Right, so I, I went to the, the oh, wow. career forum with my cuts and bruises. Not, um, yeah, huh. not well, not quite go. the direct marketing scheme they were trying to go for, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so sorry, sorry, I just went went off on a um, yeah. On so a is there a an item in your home or uh, possession that would you would f- have fall into this category of sparking joy for yeah f- so for me i have um bits and pieces of like um art in the house right so and and by art it's not really art like there's there's uh, there are two pieces of art like real art uh where someone actually drew something uh like painted something uh one of one, one of which uh was my friend who uh, drew this sort of really beautiful painting for me that I have in my dining room. And then sort of another piece that uh, my wife and I bought um, that represents something that is special to, to both of us. Um, I've got two sort of um, uh, one art poster uh, in in my background uh, right behind me. So sort of Nighthawks by Edward Hopper is, uh, is a painting that I really love looking at. And it's like right behind me. It's all like, it's there all the time and it's there in all of my, uh, uh, when I'm working as well, because this is I'm, I'm in my office. Uh, my this camera is the cafe. Kind of, the picture of the cafe. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the picture at the at like the diner. Um, sort of. It's 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 supposed to be. Um, it's not it's not explicit. It was not explicitly. Um, at, sort of. Ed Hopper didn't explicitly say this, but it kind of represents a, a diner. Uh, supposedly in New York. This is like 1943, I think, uh, during uh, sort of the height of world war two and uh, it's 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 a beautiful piece of art right and um kind of representative of uh the person that i used to be a bit of a night hawk myself um sorry not, not night hawk night owl rather night owl. uh yeah um and um and i just love i love the the vibe in this uh in this painting and this the other poster i have in the background is uh uh from uh, uh episode uh seven uh star wars episode seven uh, the Force Awakens, uh, which is um, uh, it's kind of a little bit special to me because it was the first uh, Star Wars movie that I went to uh, as sort of a a, a real fan of um, fan of Star Wars, even though it's not necessarily my my favorite movie, but has some sort of um, importance uh, to me. Uh, and I love 
I love looking at sort of the stuff that kind of I've, I've put, I've put on, uh, on the walls. It makes me, uh, it adds some, some something special to, to the house for me. And, um, it definitely does spark joy. So that, that picture, it is a famous picture, but I, it, there's a, t- a um, uh, the Boulevard of Broken Dreams is a is like a take on top of that, where it's James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, and uh, what's his name Bogart, <clears throat> Humphrey Bogart. <coughs> Humphrey Bogart. Is it the same? Is it is? I never knew actually. I think in my mind the two sort of blended as into one. Is, I, I you think know the story on that. I think there was. Um, it actually t- takes inspiration from this uh, from this painting. Yeah, your painting yeah. is called. So what's it called? Your Night, painting. Night, and who's the? Oh, uh, the painting is called Nighthawks. Nighthawks, and the and the, the artist. Is, the artist is Ed Hopper. Edward okay, Hopper. Ed Hopper. Yeah, yeah. nineteen forty-three, huh. I think. Yeah. And I see you also have a plane. It looks like a Star Wars plane. Yeah, probably was so, it J- Japan Japan Airlines? So this is um, yeah, all, all, all Nippon Airlines. Um, it's a it's a model plane. I think it's a oh, scale yeah, yeah, yeah. one 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 to four hundred scale model. Um, I do love airplanes, uh, and I love Star Wars. So they did uh, ANA have a have a Star Wars club, uh, which I think is really cool. And this is one of their uh, their seven eight sevens. So I have a I have a model of that. I have a little um, like Master Yoda. Um, Sort of, uh, I think it's like a diecast. Yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, a, yeah, that's a diecast. Um, my, my, actually, my mom, uh, my mom bought it for me, and it's from uh, uh, from the the most interesting place. Um, it's from Royal Selangor, which is a uh, it's a Malaysian. Um, they make like sort of um, like diecasts, but also like uh, I think like plates and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, thanks to my mom for getting that. I have a little like Lego Darth Vader um, that that I made like Darth Vader head uh, as well. So I mean, like these little things that you, you- have a curated background, <laughs> very curated background. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'd like to, you know, it's these little, it's literally these little things that you know. And I, I'm, I'm personally like, I don't really care too much about, uh, I don't know, like Marie Kondo, but, uh, but. The word is nice, right? I mean, the, uh, spark joy. I get it. It does. Uh, yeah. These little things that do spark joy. I'm gonna have to just for listeners, just to give it some thought. What is something in your home that sparks joy for you? And yeah. uh, I don't know. Send us an email. Tell us what it is. Okay. So we had. Um, uh, well, I, I this this was a topic I I thought of a couple days ago. It's. Um, is there a fast food or some type of food that that you might eat that you're a little bit sheepish or embarrassed about that maybe your wife uh, or partner or, or somebody in your life, mom, if she knew about it or he knew about it, would say, wouldn't approve the fact that you're, you're eating this and, uh, or Maybe you yourself don't approve of the fact you're eating it, but you do it anyway. So, I I um I feel a little bit embarrassed whenever I go to McDonald's. Like mm. I, I feel <laughs> like when I get a, if I go get some, especially if if we decide as a family, hey, it's Friday night. My daughter loves McDonald's on Fridays, and we sort of make Friday night is usually a McDonald's night, and and sometimes I'll go pick it up. And bring it back to the house. We generally pick it up or get it 
delivered. And I feel like when I get out of the car to go into the house from our driveway, that I, I, I kind of turn my body in a way to not have the bags facing the street or the sidewalk <laughs> so that I, uh, lest I be judged um, right. as a, as a, as a dad, <laughs> bring home a two feeds his kids McDonald's. Yeah. of McDonald's that I, I feel like people out there would be judging me. Yeah, oh, someone needs to, someone needs to call child family. protection services on this guy. He's feeding the <laughs> McDonald's again. <laughs> so, and I would never like for me go during a ring work, like go down to the food court pick up McDonald's, bring it back and eat it up in the office or at my desk. That would just nasty. Heard of to do something like that personally. So do you guys uh what are you what's your take on this? Celine? Uh I I don't really have that or I, like there's no one who would be ashamed of me. Uh if anything uh, like for instance, my wife, she likes fast food more than I do. So for, and I, I'm not, I'm not super into fast food. I'll, I'll have it from time to time. Uh, and I, and I do appreciate fast food for what it is. Uh, it's often, it, it often really sort of hits the spot when you really want it. So I totally get it. And, um, I, I do frequent McDonald's. I, I want to say, maybe three or four times a year. Uh, and I do feel a little bit ashamed of myself when I'm, when I'm there <laughs> and when I'm, when, when I'm ordering it's that like sort of, yeah. You're admitting defeat almost as yeah. you're in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel too. So I'm totally. not the only one who totally. feels this way. Yeah. Okay. And and that's just me. It's not, no, no one would be like ashamed of me. If anything, like my wife would be like, Hey, let's go to McDonald's a little bit more often. Uh, because she kind but if it's of likes it. But if it's Shake Shack, is that different? Uh, yeah, I, I, I categorize Shake Shack a little bit differently. I think it's a little bit more sort of uh, like the- Upscale. A little bit of more upscale, right? Um, so, yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, right? Like amongst fast the fast food chains, even though McDonald's is like, is probably the biggest out there, right? Um, I also feel like they're the probably like, you sort of in the lowest sort of rank amongst fa- fast food, uh, even though their food can be, I mean, their food, fast food can be quite delicious. Uh, yes. Know, sometimes. So yeah, it's um, a little bit of um, just se- self, self shame, I guess. All right. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. Just Justin, what about you? I, I think we're all kind of, Centering around the word shame here, I think that's very applicable. <laughs> in this I, and I think to Salim, you made the point towards the tail end there, right? About the 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 where it ranks in terms of quality or or, or caliber. You know, we we rank we rank Shake Shack and maybe others like it higher, partly because at least from our perspective, they're using higher quality ingredients, and maybe we're assuming yeah. certain things because of the price point as well. Um, yep. But uh, I don't really eat. Place or- yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't eat fast food very frequently. Um, my my kids really like the French fries from 
uh, Wendy's First Kitchen, which for those of you who do not reside in Japan, uh, Wendy's exited the market years ago. And then when they came back into Japan, they did so in a partnership with this fast food brand called First Kitchen. So they don't only serve your usual Wendy's meals, but they also serve things like pasta and a few other things that are a bit、mm. interesting to have at a fast food、uh, restaurant. But particularly, my kids actually like their french fries there. So they'll oftentimes want to get this large scale box of french fries to share、um, uh, amongst them. For myself, I guess my、um, uh, guilt would be every once in a while, I like to go get the spicy chicken McNuggets that they have here in the Japan McDonald's with the garlic habanero sauce. And definitely there is a distinct feeling of shame.、Uh, one, because I, I don't. Often have fast food, and when I do, I'm having you know basically the equivalent of grade Z meat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not a plug for McDonald's if you can't tell.、Uh, but that being said, um, it the shame is not is not overriding the pleasure, you know, I am enjoying. The actual、exactly. experience. So, so、yeah. I'm not I'm not left feeling utterly empty and shameful about the experience.、Um, it is definitely a a small a small nugget,、mm. if you will, of pleasure、uh, that I I do partake in from time to time. But I don't necessarily show that to my kids because I don't want them to see the grade、right. Z quality meal that their father is ingesting because they know that I've taken <laughs> getting healthy very seriously. It's, it's Have like, you ever taken a nugget and like pulled it apart and just you're hoping it pulls apart in like a chicken breasty kind of way and you're like, no, this is this is like liquefied meat that's been ah.、Uh, I I have no desire to pull back the curtain and see Oz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you don't like um you don't go to like fast food restaurants to to know what's actually inside, right? And uh. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm not proud to be here, but this is good. Like that's, that's, how, that's how I end up feeling all the time. Like when, when, I'm, when I'm at like eating at a McDonald's, like I'm not proud to be here.、Um, but damn, they make this stuff like addictive. This, this got me thinking about、uh, McDonald's、uh, years ago. It was, I had heard that. That、uh, McDonald's buys their meat from a company called 100% Beef, and that they were allowed to put、uh, put this on, but the 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 only the company name was true to that statement. It wasn't actually true that the that it was 100% beef, and、uh, I always assume this to be true, but I just typed it in to the internet here, and and immediately I got a Snopes link. Saying that、uh, it's a false that McDonald's, according to Snopes anyway, says that McDonald's this、uh, that is totally made up that they do not、uh, buy their meat from a company called 100% Beef.、Um, mm-hmm. To be like realistic about things, I mean, f- sure it's fast food, sure it's not great, it's like grade Z stuff, but.、Uh, Being a company their size, right,、uh, yeah. and the ability to、um, to source on massive、yes. scale, yes, they can all they can also afford to to make、uh, sort of whatever burgers、uh, and and source beef probably、yes. uh, at reasonable costs. 
yeah. uh, of quality with that that is not necessarily bad, right? Um, yeah. How it's yeah. you're right. Uh, you know all the all the stuff that's put in it because to uh, to be sold like on scale, so preservatives, uh, what yeah. have you, all, yeah. all that probably not great. But uh, on balance, is it like absolute shit stuff? Like probably no. like not no. right. No, um, no. There's no uh, way. Right, yeah. considering the volume, right. you'd have such a, a rampant amount just on volume alone. You'd have a rampant amount on scale of food poisoning, E. coli, and all that stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that Chipotle has dealt with for years. You know, because totally. they they would buy you know things in their supply chain that were too close to expiration or even past expiration. They would have massive mm. E. coli breakout type stuff with their lettuce they were using and all kinds of problems. So, yeah, you make a great point, Salim. Yeah. All right. So name it. What's the one fast food for you that sparks joy? <laughs> you know, I act, so I mean on, on that doesn't have like, to be burgers or McDonald's. Could be anything sweet or like um, mm. in terms of like just fast food, right? Um, I actually really enjoy Burger King. Yeah, um, I used to. Yeah, like uh, and they don't have a lot of Burger Kings in Japan anymore, but. Uh, I actually enjoy enjoy Burger King, and um, as hangover food, <laughs> my my go to is actually Burger King if if there is one around. So like a hamburger, yeah, like there. there, like a like a double like a double Whopper with cheese. <laughs> yeah, How about you, Clark? I think McDonald's McDonald's makes it. I like the quarter pounder with cheese. That's. Uh, yeah, the way I think they're the the bun is really it's always fresh it seems and um they yeah, it'd probably be the quarter pounder from McDonald's. also known as a royale with cheese. Uh pulp fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't know that any of them spark joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 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 if I could steal from from Salim, I think that from a hangover standpoint, there was definitely a point where the uh, the bacon, egg, and cheese um, biscuit from McDonald's back in the day uh, definitely, biscuit. yeah, the biscuit, not used the to, English muffin, not the muffin, the biscuit would kind of help. Mm. That plus the hash brown would help everything kind of settle down. Mm. <laughs> Which I think they've said there's there's no evidence that it does that, but that no. maybe it's a placebo of placebo some sort. effect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I, I think the pleasure, the endorphins that it's releasing, are helping everything else kind of settle down. Mm. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone. That uh, to to the three of us, there is some degree of this shame or guilt, but uh, <laughs> that that at the same time, there's an element of sparking joy at the same time. All right. Well, let's move into weird news. And uh, this weird news, uh, as a group, we we will shoot each other topics or or news things that we come across, and then eventually we get on a microphone and talk about it. And, and Justin, this one was one that you uh, you found. So why don't I, I'll just let you introduce this? Thanks, Clark. In the grand scheme of the post COVID articles that are kind of coming out from lots of different media outlets. Without too much preface, I'll say that this one was interesting. It was a many turn to smiling lessons as society begins to go maskless. They were covering a, a initiative that a, a ward, a local municipality, had put on where 37 people, including the elderly, or one might argue mostly the elderly, took a smiling here lesson. Yes, here in Japan. Japan. 
uh, took a smiling lesson to prepare for taking off their masks in public following three years of the COVID-19 pandemic. And you, you've likely heard Salim and I speak often about how in Japan, the masks are still very prevalent here, even now, um, and especially in enclosed spaces like tr- public transit and uh, elevators and a lot of uh, buildings, and especially if you're going to a hospital or a clinic or anything like that. But uh, masking is definitely still very prevalent here. It always has been. So it, it's definitely a masking culture to a, to a degree. So this article is kind of keying in on that. And this instruction was being held in a specific district within uh, Tokyo's Kita Ward about a month ago. And it was right as they were reclassifying COVID-19 to a less severe category that includes a seasonal flu. Basically, the concept was and a lot of people had fewer opportunities to smile. Uh, and since we're going back to this new norm of not wearing a mask, more and more people had kind of developed a complex about it or not not smiling as much. So they brought in these uh, practitioners, I guess you could say, or smiling consultants to help these participants get used to a uh, maskless communication and get used to kind of rehearsing their smiles, so to speak. Um I'll kick it off to you guys. What what do you think of of this concept of smiling consultants or smiling trainers being brought in to help people uh, for their physical and mental well being? Well, I'm going to include this picture that uh, is on the on the article. It's quite funny. It's uh, one, two, three, four, five five people sitting in chairs. Uh, they've got they're holding up a small mirror in front of their faces, and clearly they're practicing smiling. <laughs> And yeah. I, I did smile myself just as you were talking, as I was looking at this photo accompanied by what you were saying. And uh, I I have a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, I think some people actually do struggle to smile or feel that they have not nice smiles or they don't know how to smile. So I, I see some validity in this. I think this would help. My friend Mike, for example, doesn't think he has a very nice smile and he's awkward in every photo he always has this like closed mouth smile that is like i can see it in his face and as a best friend i know i've known him for so long i see it in his face that i know he's thinking i look terrible when i smile but this is what i'm, I'm giving you <laughs> so <laughs> so on a lesson standpoint i think there's something kind of interesting about this because not everyone has a, a or not everyone has a nice smile or they don't think they have a nice smile which i think is is not necessarily true. I think so. I I think this is goes in line with what you might expect in Japan to see this sort of thing. I I, I wouldn't see this happening in North America. Uh, this kind of goes in line with kind of what I would expect from Japan. Mm. Yeah, Celine. Uh, I was uh, I was more interested actually in the aspect of because people were were wearing masks they weren't smiling as often and that that to me like was a little bit weird because i'm like wait just because you're wearing a mask you're not smiling it's like why do you i mean if if you think something is worth smiling does it really matter whether you're wearing a mask or not i mean smiling right it's, it's kind of just like a natural reaction that's to something that's like you you fought you, you some, something sparked joy, right? So you naturally smile or something was funny. So you, you smile or, or you laugh. And so I was just, I was just thinking that's, that, that's interesting. Like a little bit weird, right? Yeah. It's like, 
Well, because it's like, were they just, were they, because they were masked, they, did they just think they didn't smile as often? Or did they actually, ju- like, is smiling something they put effort into? Yeah, and, and right. Put that aside for two years. And then now that the masks are off, they have to re-remember how to smile. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, okay, wait, just because, like, y- y'all were wearing masks, um, like, or rather, you only smile when you think that people are, watching. are watching you. <laughs> and yeah, that, that I thought was really interesting. And the other thing was like, uh, I would love to be a, uh, I, I would not a smile instructor, but rather um, call it whatever it is. If you can get paid to teach people how to like show their teeth, like, dude, sign me up for that. <laughs> I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Yeah, you know, Salim, and, and I don't mean to jump in here, if, if uh, but to piggyback no, I'm, I'm, on I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to be the cynic here, but I, I definitely, I there's an element of getting paid for this type of thing. You know, if you look at the picture and if you kind of read through the article, you get the sense it's this typical thing that's being offered at like a a senior center or an elderly elderly facility. And there's a lot of there's a lot of money in that, right? You know, yeah. Japan mm. Japan is a nationalized healthcare. Uh, it's a one of the oldest countries in the world um, in terms of av- average population age, uh, average age of the population. And there's a tremendous amount of industry that's around elderly related care. And when, when I read through the article, it just seems like this is a very limited thing. And this was just something that got focused in on. And there's there is a fair amount of this kind of post COVID um related media that will oftentimes be centered around like, Oh, Japan is weird. You know, like, like the the kind of, this is what's strange about Japan type of stuff. And it kind of read a bit like that. And some of my friends who do work in journalism here kind of felt the same way when they initially read this article. So I, I don't feel like I'm being the ever cynic that I can be in criticizing it in this way. But I, I do get this feeling of like, it's a bit horseshit because, you know, when you were out and about, even during the three years of COVID, it, it, you know, you, people smiled. You could tell when their cheeks raised up and, you know, their eyes, you know, were pushed up their against by their cheeks. Were, yeah. yeah. You you could yeah. see the smile in their eyes and their upper cheekbones when people are smiling. Yes. You know, people who smile always smiled regardless. Um, and people exactly. who, yeah, and people who need to be trained to smile are 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 either psychopaths or or, or or they're just taking advantage of the fact that the instructors are cute you know maybe it's both yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 i i think in the grand scheme of things this is just one of those articles that's just kind of like you know they're keying in on something and they know that this this kind of news story can get some traction get some get some ad revenue is <laughs> this my feeling Slight, but. slightly clickbaity yeah. yes 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 but well, all in, the same. In fairness, <laughs> yeah. In fairness, it does say here that uh, they do attribute COVID to being that there were fewer opportunities to smile. So fair. A little bit of a different take on it that uh, we just weren't smiling as much, so we're out of practice. And um, so yes, but I agree. And I've said this before. I try not to make 
the Japanese culture a topic for weird news because it, it can be an easy target. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in Japan, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's there is. A whole, there's it a is an easy target stuff. for a reason, I yeah, guess, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. There's no shortage of weirdness in this country. All right. Uh, well, gentlemen, it's been uh, it's been great recording yet again with you guys. And uh, until next time, uh, have yourself a good rest of your Friday. What's left of it? Uh, I'm I'm about to begin mine my Friday here Thank in you. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Have a great. Thank weekend you, Clark. And yeah, do something that sparks joy without shame and guilt. Oh, it's July first this weekend, so all these opportunities to eat. <laughs> Canada Day. Oh, Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. <laughs>